The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a surprise Tuckheads Tuesday edition of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. We've got some travel next couple of days. Brian does Stanley Cup stuff, so that's why we're recording on a Tuesday. Class will be in session with Professor Greg Cosell. We like to move Greg Cosell around a little bit. Not always the last episode of the week. Keep you guys on your toes. I know some of you out there only make sure you listen or watch the Greg Cosell episodes. We will have a new Spread the Word winner via social media this week. I'm checking all of them. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Ross Tucker NFL. Can't tell you how much it means if you just share it or like it or retweet it or quote tweet it's the best or at Ross Tucker Pod. We'll have a new sponsor confirmation email winner. So many good sponsors, LinkedIn and UFOs, Express Clothing. Just got two bathing suits from them. And then the YouTube shout out because I just love getting YouTube comments from you guys and new YouTube subscribers. We need more YouTube subscribers. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg. I believe we have three divisions left as we wrap up our series that people really, really enjoy. It's fun because we also do something similar on the College Draft Podcast with Emery Hunt, who sort of specializes in the late round picks and the undrafted guys, whereas we love getting your insight and, frankly, a different opinion, which is what these all are, um, on some of the other guys. So we'll get in the AFC North today with the great Greg Cosell, of course, at Greg Cosell on social media. Before we do that, though, Greg, a couple guys that have been in the news for different reasons that I just wanted to get your perspective on uh, two very different questions, I suppose. The first one, as it relates to Aaron Donald, you've been doing this for 43 years now, Greg. Yeah, obviously you just got a huge contract, highest paid defensive player ever, all that stuff. We, we all know he's very, very good, right? I guess my question for you, Greg, 
Can you put it in context, the the type of player he is as compared to some of the other guys you've seen over the last 40 years or so? Well, I think what makes him so interesting to me, and I kind of felt this when I watched him coming out of the University of Pittsburgh, is the explosive movement with that body type, Ross. I mean, you played offensive line, and he's, in terms of height, he's short. He's not a tall player. You know, he's not a length player. He's not like a J.J. Watt who had those three or four or five dominant, dominant years, and, and he had length. Aaron Donald does not have length to fall back on, but his explosive quickness, explosive power with that body type is something that I really noticed coming out of Pittsburgh. I, I can't sit here and tell you I knew for a fact that he'd be this, this dominant. I, you know, if I said that, I'd be lying. But, I, you know, I think that stood out. And in fact, I had a great conversation with the D-line coach at the time when he came out uh, and, and this particular D-line coach um, who was working at the time for a team that played a 3-4, could not figure out exactly how they were, would use him and therefore did not have him rated really highly. Um, but um, And since we spoke and he said, hey, you were right about Aaron Donald, he can kind of line up anywhere. But I think given his, his body type, because he's kind of short and stout, that, that explosive quickness and power really stands out. Yeah, I've got several things, Greg, that I think you'll appreciate that I think are notable. Number one, I never had any concerns about his size because a lot of the best guys I played against, Leroy Glover, Bryant Young, yeah, that's who he kind of reminded me of. You know, Atkins was kind of falls into that category. Yeah, and I didn't play against Gino, but I'm talking about the guys that I played against. They were the toughest guys to block, Greg. I mean, you know, yeah. they're so explosive, so strong in the B-gap. So that, that's one thing I think is notable. Another thing I think is notable, if he played in the 80s, Greg, he probably would have kept his weight down to 245 and been a middle linebacker or an inside linebacker. That's an interesting they didn't, they point. They didn't really have that kind of body type along the D-line back in the 80s. No, that's a great point. We've seen that a lot more 10, 15, 18 years. But you're right, going back to the 80s, players who were six feet, give or take, I don't know his exact measurement, but he's in that range, people who were six feet were not viewed as defensive tackles in the NFL. No, I mean, he would have been like a middle linebacker or maybe a 3-4 inside backer, which is crazy. Yep. The other thing I think is really interesting, the last point I would make, you know, the best defensive players I've seen, Lawrence Taylor, uh, Reggie White, Ray Lewis, um, you know, Aaron Donald. What I find interesting about them, Greg, is they're all kind of different body types, different positions. You know, it's like those are those are four of the best guys I've ever seen. <clears throat> yeah. And they're not similar, really, in any way. They're, they're all very, in fact, I would argue, dissimilar. Well, it's funny you say that because, as you know, Ross, many teams have specific height, weight, size parameters for specific positions. And it just makes you wonder if some teams are leaving out really, really good prospects because they have those specific parameters in which they will not draft a player who falls outside those boundaries. So true. Um, the other guy I wanted to ask you about before we get into 
the AFC North draft picks and your thoughts on them. Tyree Kill was in the news this week, Greg, and talked about that he wasn't wasn't that happy in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, uh, did not feel like he was featured as much as he would like to be. I guess what I'm asking you, maybe it's a two-part question. So uh, the, the first part of it, did you ever watch Kansas City, Greg, and think that they weren't fully utilizing Tyreek Hill? I, I did not, to be honest with you. Um, I don't have in front of me right now his targets over the last couple of years. I would imagine they're pretty high. Um, you know, just so look, you know, he had a career high 159 last year, which was seventh in the NFL. Yeah, so I think it'd be hard to say that he wasn't deployed in a meaningful fashion. Um, and, you know, I think what happened last year, and maybe he's sort of responding to this, and we've discussed this because Patrick Mahomes early in the season struggled a little bit in terms of Patrick Mahomes, that offense became a little more condensed. And in fact, um, if I'm not mistaken, Patrick Mahomes was among the league leaders in throws 10 yards and under from the line of scrimmage. And maybe Tyree Kill is speaking to the fact that he wasn't used as much as a vertical dimension, which obviously he may be the most outstanding vertical dimension in the NFL. So I don't know. I, I can't speak and get into Tyree Kill's head, but I would never look at Kansas City's offensive tape and feel that Tyree Kill was not being thrown the football. I totally agree. Um, the second part of that question, how do you think Mike McDaniel and the <coughs> Dolphins will use him? Or or maybe how, how do you think they'll use him differently, perhaps, than he was used in KC? I think in some ways he'll be a different body type of version of Debo Samuel. Because Tua and, and Jimmy Garoppolo are very similar style quarterbacks. So it would not surprise me to see Tyreek Hill, who, by the way, was used an awful lot in motion in Kansas City. At times, he motioned in the backfield, um, didn't necessarily end up there, but he would motion to where he was in the backfield and, and then do something else. So it would not surprise me to see Tyreek Hill in some ways used as a, a different body type version of Debo Samuel within the context of Mike McDaniel's offense. Interesting. Um, I can see that as well, which is really interesting because reportedly Debo Samuel is not happy with the 49ers because he doesn't like how he's used. He doesn't well, he like they doesn't the wear and tear. He's still a young player, Ross. He probably doesn't want the wear and tear of running the football 8, 10, 12 times a game. I got to tell you, Greg, if you have a, if you have a good, if you have a happy wide receiver, you got to hold on to that guy because these guys, I mean, they're never happy. No, it's unbelievable. No. I, I guess that's the nature of the position. You know, they probably feel the ball should be thrown to them on every play. It's unreal. All right, let's get to the Ravens draft picks. We're doing AFC North today. First round, Greg, they took Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum, the safety from Notre Dame, the center from Iowa. It's funny, I had T.J. McCrate, 25-year NFL scout in, and he said these are the types of players the Ravens love because they're guys who were rated higher after the season ended, 
but started to fall after the season for various reasons. And he would know. He was with the Ravens for a number of years, TJ. So he probably knows how Eric DaCosta and that group thinks because he was there. Um, you know, they're both really solid players. Um, you know, obviously, Linderbaum, depending on your view of the center position, does not have the probably the ideal height, but he's a really athletic player. He's a stronger player than one might think with a wrestling background. My guess is he's a plug-and-play center who will be a, a long-term starter. Um, Kyle Hamilton is a really, really good player. Uh, there's very few like him, and that's the thing. The way he's built, he's long, lean, he's athletic. He plays with his eyes extremely well. His, his ability to cover ground is as good as any safety we've seen in recent years because of that length and the stride length. Um, you know, and one thing we've seen in this league an awful lot of over recent years is more teams playing what we call big nickel with three safeties. And they've got Chuck Clark, who's become a very good player for them. They signed Marcus Williams from New Orleans, who is essentially a post-safety and Clark is almost a combination linebacker safety. And now you could play three safeties and play big nickel. And as I said, that's become much more in vogue. A team like the Cowboys with J. Ron Kirst, that was in a sense their base defense. They played big nickel. And it would not surprise me to see the Ravens do a lot of that. Is there a is there a, a guy that Kyle Hamilton reminds you of in the NFL right now? Because I, I can't think of very many tall safeties like that. No, no, because he's he's a much more fluid athlete than someone like a Cam Chancellor, who was obviously six four as well and, and two hundred thirty pounds. Uh, Hamilton doesn't quite weigh that much and is built totally differently. Hamilton looks more like a sleek athlete, whereas a guy like Cam Chancellor at that size almost looked like a linebacker, as many might recall. So to me, there's no one I can think of, you know, even someone like J. Ron Curse, who's essentially a safety slash linebacker for the Cowboys, is he doesn't weigh 230, but Hamilton is a sleeker looking athlete and a better athlete than Curse. Next few picks, they took Ajabo, the edge rusher from Michigan, Travis Jones, the D tackle from Connecticut, uh, the big boy, Daniel Falale, the offensive tackle from Minnesota. Jalen Armour Davis, a corner from Alabama, Charlie Kohler and Isaiah Likely, the tight ends from yeah. Iowa State, Coastal Carolina. Who jumps out to you? If I could talk just quickly, two guys. I really like Charlie Kohler a lot. I think the reason he was a fourth-round pick is because he's not an explosive mover. He's not going to be thought of in the way of Darren Waller or Travis Kelsey, you know, or, or George Kittle for that matter. He's not going to be talked about like that. And, and to reduce it to a cliche, but a true cliche, what Charlie Kolar may have done better than any tight end in this draft class is get open and catch the ball. And this is a team that clearly likes to play with multiple tight ends because not only did they draft Kolar, they drafted Isaiah Likely in the same round, another tight end. Um, the other player I'd like to briefly mention is Jalen Armour Davis. I really, really liked his tape, Ross. I thought, again, I don't do round grades on guys as people know who listen to me but I thought he was worthy of a higher draft round than the fourth I think the injury history probably uh, gave some people some apprehension about where to draft him but I really liked his tape and I think he could become a true quality starting outside corner in this league taking a look at the Cincinnati Bengals up next 
They went DBDB the first two rounds with Daxton Hill, the safety from Michigan, and Cam Taylor Britt, the cornerback from Nebraska. Yeah. Like, I like both those guys a lot. Daxton Hill was actually, uh, and I did not know much about him before I watched him, but he ended up being one of my favorite players to watch. For Michigan, he played safety to the wide side of the field in their base defense. And then when they went nickel or dime, he was their slot corner. And I thought he was really, really good in that role. So you could almost view him as a nickel as well. Now, they still have Mike Hilton. I actually thought watching Daxton Hill Ross, I thought because of his length and his explosive movement traits that you could line him up an outside corner once he learned the position and he'd be a really good outside corner because he's six feet and is an explosive athlete. Um, Cam Taylor Britt, to me, is just a really solid corner. Physical, aggressive, feisty, competitive. Um, it would not surprise me if he ends up being a starter opposite a woozy sooner than later. The rest of their picks, uh, they got Zach Carter, a DN from Florida in the third round. Cordell Volson, guard from North Dakota State in the fourth round. Fifth round was Tyson Anderson, safety from Toledo. Yeah. Last round, Jeffrey Gunter, edge from Coastal Carolina. I think uh, I think Tyson um, Anderson is a really fascinating guy. Smaller school guy. I don't know if you did any Toledo games. But Several, yeah. yeah. So you know who he is. He's close to 6'3", super athletic kid, um, was used in multiple ways in the Toledo defense, obviously did not play in a Power 5 school, so there are concerns about quality of competition and, and the, the rawness in his game. But this kid is a really superior athlete, and he will take some time, but I could easily see him developing into a starting player down the road. Let's move on to the Cleveland Browns, Greg. And they ended up not having any first or second round picks, uh, but they had a bunch in the third and fourth round. Third round, they took Martin Emerson, a corner from Mississippi State, yep. Alex Wright, a DN from UAB, and David Bell, a super productive receiver from Purdue. <clears throat> yeah, and Bell's your classic case of a guy that was not going to get drafted high just because he didn't run well and was not going to run well. The tape tells you that. But he was a professional receiver right now. He knows how to run routes. He knows how to use his body. He knows how to create separation. He knows how to get open, and he catches the ball. Um, he's one of those guys. You know, I'm not going to say he's this guy because this guy's a Hall of Famer, but he, re you know who he reminded me of coming out of college? I think you know, and, that, and that's the important point I'm trying to make. Coming out of college, he kind of reminded me of a Chris Carter type receiver. Didn't you know Carter was never a burner, but caught everything and obviously got better in the NFL and became an absolute star Hall of Famer. And I'm not saying, oh, yeah, count on David Bell being that guy, but stylistically, traits, size, I kind of saw him the same way as I went back in my memory bank and thought of Chris Carter. Um, I think Emerson, you know, they are they're kind of accumulating corners and they like size. They drafted Greedy Williams in, in 19, Greg Newsom in 21. Emerson is almost 6'2", right around there, out of Mississippi State, played on the outside, uh, can played press, played off. Very intriguing prospect. And Alex Wright, smaller school kid, 
really a fascinating prospect as a potential pass rusher. Um, I think he's a guy that could develop into a, a guy who gets meaningful snaps once he sort of gets acclimated to the league. Later picks uh, were Perrion Winfrey, D-Tackle, Oklahoma, Jerome Ford, running back Cincinnati, Mike Woods, yeah. wide receiver Oklahoma, Isaiah Thomas, edge Oklahoma. Gosh, they really went to Oklahoma. And then Dawson Deaton, a center from Texas Tech. Anybody jump out there? I really like Jerome Ford, the running back out of Cincinnati. I think he's he's a back that could be a factor in the pass game as well. Obviously, they've got backs. I mean, Chubb's a big-time back. Kareem Hunt's still there. They Dearness Johnson did well when people were injured. So, you know, Ford is probably a luxury pick at this point, but I really, really liked his tape. So we've talked about the Steelers and Kenny Pickett quite a bit. Um, so I'm not even going to ask you about Kenny Pickett. We've been there. We've done yeah. that. I do want to get your thoughts. Their next three picks were George Pickens, the receiver from Georgia, DeMarvin Leal, the D-tackle from A&M, and Calvin Austin, the wide receiver from yeah. Memphis. Well, George Pickens, to me, uh, based on purely tape, and I know there were other issues with George Pickens, which is why he was not a first-round pick, although I know teams had first-round grades on him. I thought overall that he was the best receiving prospect in this draft class based solely on tape. Big, physical, can run, um, played in the SEC, came in the SEC as a true freshman and was a dominant wide receiver. Um, I'll be real curious. I think that he's in a very good situation with Mike Tomlin. Um, so I'm very curious to see how Pickens does. Just to jump to Calvin Austin for a second, he's out of Memphis. I loved his tape. You know, he's short. And, and he's not small, but he's short. And he played outside at Memphis. And, of course, because of his size, people immediately say he's a slot receiver. You know, I don't know about that. I think he could be one of those guys you end up moving around the formation quite a bit. He's super explosive. He's a track guy, but he does, but he's a receiver as well. But that track speed shows up on tape. Um, and then DeMarvin Leal was an intriguing guy because after his 2020 season, I watched him last summer, he looked like a potential first-round pick because he could play inside. He could play outside on the D-line. He showed pass rush ability. He was not as good this year in 2021, and that's the reason he dropped to a third-round pick. Uh, but the traits are there, so we'll see if they can get it out of him because he is kind of a multi-positional D-lineman. Greg, you are multi-positional as well. I could do this all summer. I could just talk to you about players. I, I wish there were more drafts or more teams. We have two more divisions to go. Fantastic. Well, Ross, I've already started watching some guys who will be in next year's draft, just so you know. Uh, hey, we're going to talk about it. Before you know it, preseason games will be here. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Man, that guy is hired forever. And if you need to hire someone, create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. I've told you guys this before. With three small businesses, it's hard to find good people, which is why LinkedIn, with their simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? 
It's true. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Ross. That's linkedin.com slash Ross to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Ross, good morning. Let's start with Terry McLaurin, wide receiver, not attending minicamp for the Commanders. So some guys that want new deals are attending minicamp. Some guys that want new deals aren't attending minicamp. It kind of goes both ways. McLaurin is taking the DK Metcalf approach and not attending minicamp, which is interesting because the team can then fine you if they'd like to. Takes. I know who is attending minicamp. That's Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. Right. Now, Kyler Murray has been very vocal about wanting a new deal. Lamar Jackson is a year ahead of Kyler Murray, and he actually has no interest in, in talking to the Ravens about a new deal. I've had multiple people tell me that the Ravens say to him, we want to give you a ton of money. And Lamar Jackson hasn't shown much of an interest in getting it. Remember when Marlon Humphrey was on the show earlier uh, in the offseason? Marlon even said that, that he's just not motivated by money. He doesn't, he doesn't really care about it. He doesn't want it. It's like a distraction. It's kind of crazy. Makes me nervous for him. Makes his teammates nervous for him because they want to make sure he gets that life-altering money that he's obviously earned but he's got to make his own choices, uh, obviously. The other thing I would say, too, about Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, I'll say the same thing about Brady, Aaron Rodgers. You don't have to show up for OTAs or minicamp, but it's hard to argue that your top priority is to win the Super Bowl if you don't, in my mind, as a starting quarterback. Ducks takes. Wide receivers Jacoby Myers of the Patriots and Alan Lazard of the Green Bay Packers both signed their restricted free agent tenders. Thought about asking Greg about these guys as well. They're both good players who I think have seen what's happened with the wide receiver market. And I think they kind of know, okay, we're not that good. We're not like $25 million a year good. But if those guys are getting that, we should be worth $10 million a year or $12 million a year instead of the 2 or $3 million they're signing for as restricted free agent signing the tender. Those guys are both looking for longer-term deals with more money. I don't blame them. Ducks takes. Buffalo Bills signed guard Greg Van Roten. So I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday. I replied to one of Adam Schefter's tweets, at Ross Tucker NFL. You look at the Bills' backups on the offensive line, they're better than some teams out there. I mean, I, I'd i probably rather have the Bills' backups. Let's just say their backups are um, Quesenberry and Bobby Hart at the tackles, 
Cody Ford and Van Roten at the guards. Greg Mance at center. That's pretty good, man. I mean, that that's a solid O-line. Like, that's probably better than the Bears right now based on those conversations we had before. So the Bills continue to make sure that they have Super Bowl caliber depth. You need to make sure that you have the best Father's Day gift possible for your dad. It's myfrontpagestory.com. It's not too late. Go to myfrontpagestory.com today. Your dad loves the newspaper. He will be thrilled to have a story written all about him, a cover story, myfrontpagestory.com. Ducks takes. And finally, the Miami Dolphins reportedly offered Sean Payton a five-year, $100 million contract to coach the team. We haven't talked a lot about this, Bri, but there's all kinds of rumors that the Dolphins were trying to do a package deal to sign Brady and sign Sean Payton, which would have been pretty tough considering they both had their rights under contract with other organizations. But that was sort of the master plan that the Dolphins were trying to put together that reportedly got kiboshed because of the Brian Flores lawsuit. Our patrons never get kiboshed, especially the I think we're done here members like Evergreen Economics, go-bangles.com, steakhousesports.com, humanheadnyc.com, sportaculture, and Pizza Boy Brewing. We'll have a fresh Even Money podcast with Steve Fezzik and Will Brinson today. Make sure you check it out. And then Fantasy Feast and the next Ross Tucker Football Podcast will be on Thursday. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.